Hello, everyone. Welcome to the 68th episode of the Socially Distanced Podcast, the flagship podcast of thepopbreak.com. My name is Bill Bodkin. I am the editor-in-chief of the site and your co-host for this episode. Uh, thanks for uh, rejoining us after our little uh, little hiatus. I went on vacation for the first time in like two years. It was pretty great just because I didn't have to go to work. Um, but he's my guest this week. It's not really a guest as much as my co-host. He uh, had a two-week sabbatical because he wanted to go have fun at a bachelor party and pretend he was a howling commando. Although that sounded really cool. Uh, it's Al Manorino, managing editor of thepopbreak.com. What's up, buddy? All right. So this is my Black Widow review. Uh, I liked it. Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks for thanks for having me on my podcast. Hey, listen, I'm glad, you, I'm glad you made time in your schedule to come back. Um, but yeah, so Disney kind of has done us dirty because we have no series to review for the first time since November. <laughs> how uh, dare they? How Our dare sponsor. Ah, oh, I know. Um, so just for some housekeeping up front, uh, next week is going to be our suicide squad cast. I I'm going to watch that on HBO max. I'm sorry. took me a second. I'm like, what, what does he mean? Suicide squad cast. You mean like a podcast? Yeah. It's a podcast about the suicide squad. It's yeah. Our, I just, I mean, our 69th episode. So if that's perfect, honestly, for I know, suicide squad. I know we don't have any guests lined up just yet, but I'm sure Al and I will figure someone out at the last possible second. Yeah. Uh, we're also going to be talking uh, NFL. I'm sure we're going to have Ben back on to talk about that, Lucas, and hopefully Marshall uh, from Blurred Watchers. Is tonight the first preseason tonight is game? the first preseason game as we're recording. It's the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers and the Dallas Cowboys. Go Pittsburgh. Um, yeah, go Pittsburgh. Sadly. Dallas sucks. Uh, I don't know what we're going to be doing for everything uh, going forward, but I know we will be doing the Hawkeye review series. Later. Oh, I was going to say, did you did you have any interest in doing What If? Well, I think we're going to do a What If episode for sure. Um, okay. We just have to see if we actually like the show. <laughs> I, I've heard I've heard it's the best Marvel series to date. Well, we'll at least do one episode on it for sure. Yeah. If it's awesome, then we'll go forward with it, I'm sure. But we're definitely going to do Hawkeye. Uh, I think I'd break your heart if we didn't. Um, oh my god, for sure! Uh, especially if pizza dogs. Or sure. And then, um, the if it comes out in December, the book of Boba Fett will be our uh, be, be our other one. Uh, I'm sure we'll do another interview in that time because those are fun. If you haven't checked out our interviews with uh, Eddie Pence, Tommy Siegel, or Pornsack Pachote, uh, go check those out. They're on Spotify, Apple, Google, and Anchor Podcasts. Um, yeah, so we'll have some fun stuff coming up, but this one's going to be like a throwback to, you know, the original format, which obviously we got away from when we started doing the review series. So we're going to be talking about some news pieces. But before I do that, Al, uh, we had a pretty awesome thing happen over the weekend for you. For the first time on this podcast's existence, you got to shoot a concert. I did. It was so uh, awesome. Uh, actually, my uh, uh, my best friend, the the same person who was uh, the bachelor party that I attended, and a writer on the site and former guest on this podcast, Ryan DeMarco, uh, we got to go see and review Rise Against at the Stone the Stone Pony Summer Stage in Asbury Park, New Jersey. It's almost uh, two years since we've shot at that venue. Yeah, um, I think the last show I shot there was Rise Against. <laughs> No, no, I think it was Greta Van Fleet, maybe. 
Well, let's go with that. Definitely over two years because Greta yeah. Van Fleet, I want to say, was a Memorial Day show. I think so. something like that. It was crazy, but the show was great. Descendants op- the Descendants opened. Um, it was packed. There was a mosh pit. Uh, it was pretty great. And uh, I did the math. I, I the last show I shot was on Valentine's Day, twenty twenty. So February fourteenth. Uh, it was not for pop break. It was for uh, I was shot for the Wellmont Theater. Um, oh, Lauren Hill. Lauren Hill. That's yeah. right. So what a terrible way to go out on, by the way, because it was one of my least favorite shoots of a, all time, if not my least. Uh, you were messing it's not with the worst during that. Like it was terrible. I hate this. So it was so much. bad. Uh, what was the last so show you shot for pop break before that? Was that see here now? No, I don't think so. There had to be something in yeah. January. I there think. had to be like a Philly show somewhere. Something. Um, but yeah, so I, uh, so well, no, it first, had to be, so, see here now, because I think you had a kid. Yes. 533 days was the calculation. That's rough for you. That's rough. And I was there for, I was there assigning you your first show, which was panic at the disco at the then Rotaco center. Now RWJ Barnabas health center, which is essentially an arena on a high school campus in Tom's river which is the weirdest venue, but yeah, I think it's been renamed at this point, right? Like well, two times. I think well, when I, when I was there, it was, was the whole spring. I think when you went there, no, no, no. Some before that. Uh, I know there was for taco. I know it was Poland spring. I think there was like a car dealership. It was the car dealership car in between. But how does but it yeah. feel? Like, how did it feel actually like given everything it's been so long numbers, unfortunately are going back up. Yeah. But, I'm I'm worried about that. I'm really worried. No, about but that how did you? But how did you just physically? How did I? I felt it was so weird because when I was in the pit, yeah, I felt like everything's back to normal. I'm so happy to be back. But then as I'm literally like swaying, but also holding out a forearm to block um, mosh pit attendees um, away from both my body, my camera gear, and my sister who is like a foot shorter than me. Um, she could handle herself. I felt the whole time during that whilst listening to one of my favorite childhood bands, I'm like, this isn't good. I feel like we should all be in masks right now. And I was actually uh, for part of the show in a mask uh, in the pit. And then while the mosh pit was like on top of me. That's smart. Yeah. I was, while I was in vacation in Virginia, I was like, Outdoors most of the time, so I was unmasked until all of a sudden I, st- I started hearing about the numbers coming up, and I'm like, ah, I'm throwing this back on. I'm fine. Um, you know, it's it, it just it sucks. It sucks because, like, now we're seeing uh, – we're not going to go into this in this episode. It will transition to what we're going to talk about. We're seeing, like you've seen in the past few days, see here now, just announced you have to uh, – proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test to get in. That's in Asbury Park, and that's mid-September. Because that's what's going to happen if we don't do that. In my, our opinion, at least, of course, our opinion is not science. But you know, you think what you want to think. Um, no judgment here, but some judgment from me, um, and probably Al too, and definitely Al's dog. Al's dog judges everybody. Um, yeah, dude, we're going to have to do that, or these shows are never going to happen. Yeah, for for sure. I, I I'm very scared uh, yeah. about the variant um, or variants. I heard there's, now there's two a variant plus. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want a variant plus nor the variant to begin with, unless it's like a Loki or Kang 
variant. Like that's all I care about. That's um, really yeah. No, I really I'm 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 not hopeful anymore because of because of that because the case is going up and everything. I, I was hopeful. Like if you asked me like two months ago, like oh man, I'm going to go to every show ever. Um, and now we're seeing like you know bands pull out of tours uh, or have to skip dates and stuff because of uh, members of the crew getting uh positive cases you know uh, fallout boy being a recent example had to drop out of two dates uh from the hella mega tour one of the biggest uh most anticipated tours of the year so things like that are pretty scary i understand if you're a sports fan i mean if you're a yankees fan it's like every day there's a new yankee who's pulling out because they have covid yeah it's very scary and we'll keep playing it by ear um because that Mm-hmm. It's kind of going to play into a, it's a sad transition. What we're going to talk about something we talked about a lot last year was this: how are movies going to exist in this pandemic era? And we yep. thought we'd be out of it, but we're not, um, which sucks. Yeah. And um, this, of course, was the impetus for this conversation is because of the release of Black Widow um, and two prong. When we talked about Black Widow with Cat and Cole on the last episode, I brought up an article from the Atlantic, how that writer thought that the um, dual release of Black Widow was actually a failure and how um, it was hurting not only theater chains, but it was also hurting um, Disney itself. And we're seeing those. We it had a precipitous drop off after his first weekend, um, and of course now we know Scarlett Johansson is filing suit against Disney. For, uh, she's claiming she probably lost out on close to allegedly fifty million dollars. And the Nielsen ratings just came out for Black Widow, and it was number three behind Luca. And I can't believe I'm saying this movie, The Tomorrow War, starring Chris Pratt. Now the streams are, you know. I think are calculated by the number of minutes that are streamed. So it's not completion. It's not, it's the number stream, but it, it was a far drop off from tomorrow war. Uh, mm-hmm. It was like 300 million less. I want to say, of course, we then had jungle cruise coming out at the end of the month on Disney plus uh, as well. As Space jam legacy came out this month. We have uh, can suicide squad coming out this uh, tomorrow or today, the day of the spot podcast drops right right the second yeah and it's on there. Oh, actually right as we record that's right um uh you know it was uh jungle cruise was number one in the, in the world with a 90 million dollar opening which uh that would never really be, pre-covid would have not been the case in fact um there's an article i was just reading uh from variety that said is the jungle cruise a flop uh it's hard to during covid it's hard to know and that's a good point. So we're seeing the, the dual releases. So Al, are we making too much out of the box office receipts because, hey, things are different? Or do you think that the streaming, which of course people don't know, it's premier access on Disney Plus, pay 30 bucks and you get the movie uh, on HBO Max. It's free for 45 days. And then I think it, it goes away and goes to pay-per-view and whatnot. Pay-per-view, Jesus, I sound so old saying that. On demand, sorry. Um, I was just talking about He-Man on the TV Break podcast, and I was like, Bill, you watched the original He-Man when it came out. I'm like, yep, I did. You're right. I'm old. Um, That is true. So what's your thoughts on all this? Do you think uh, we're making a lot out of this, or do we have to readjust our thing or our thinking with box office, or do you think this dual release is actually hurting uh, the movie industry? 
I mean, I think, I think it's definitely hurting the industry because we're in like this weird in between phase of like, everything's open. What is it? And, you know, um, I, it, you know, you can, you, know, you can almost call it like a hybrid model, right? Like just like how we put our kids or how you put your kid back into school was like, first it was online only that was hybrid. And then now they're probably going back fully. Um, I don't know about your kid specifically, but a lot of the, a lot of the kids. <laughs> so this hybrid model is very strange because while I think everyone and their mom is going to be watching Suicide Squad this weekend on HBO Max, I still think it's going to do really well in the box office because of all the hype. And it's like Black Widow had hype two years ago. Like it just like the hype died down and everyone's like, oh, it's going to be on Disney. Like, I'll just watch it there. Like there was no like this wasn't like Endgame. This wasn't Spider-Man. This was a prequel film of sorts, a, a, a send off to um, it was a very Scarlett weird. Johansson. It's a very strange, like Marvel's back, baby. You know what I mean? It was like, Marvel's I don't know. Marvel's back with a character that it's dead. And it's it, dead. It, it, it takes. It's it, almost like, it's almost like the stakes don't matter. Yeah. It's like literally this movie is just to introduce Florence Pugh and have that last uh, like end tag that they could have yeah. filmed two weeks yeah. ago. For sure. And again, a love letter to Scarlett Johansson and the character. We're not seeing her again in that capacity. So like this is that or what is supposed to be, but she gets outshined by everyone else. Um, Pretty much. For sure. Uh, so I, I still think she could be bad. Well, not with this lawsuit, but like I was like, oh, yeah. lawsuit's thinking, not going to help. I was just like, oh, she'll be back. as like a scroll or in a dream sequence or something like that. Now I'm like, eh, the, the scroll would be kind of cool. That'd be a smart way. That probably is the way they should have done it. If you know, they didn't, I don't know, dick her out of $50 million. Anywho, allegedly. allegedly. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm worried that Hollywood's going to react in a bad way to what's happening right now in the sense that they're going to say, okay, we can't make $250 million uh, movies anymore because we're not getting that return back. Right. So what do we do? Okay. We put all, we dump all our money into TV and we ruin the theater experience for when it finally comes back. That's what I'm a little worried about, or they're going to be just like less movies coming out every year, which kind of sucks too. Um, they have to figure out ways to make money. HBO was super smart and they said, we are going to put basically all of our major releases out on the same day, like in theaters and streaming, right? So giving people the choice during this time where it's up in the air. Is that going to be the future? I don't know. I don't know. I think Disney... Disney's trying to do the future now when HBO did the right move. Like they actually did the thing they were supposed to do. And Disney was like, no, we're thinking like, we're thinking two years ahead. Like we're going to provide you the option of seeing it at home the same night, but you have to pay for like your family. But see, so the thing with that is that's where I think it sticks because it's like the way movies, they were making movies, like, Money is just like, okay, there's no, and the Atlantic article mentions this is there's no return to go to the movies. So if you loved Black Widow 
and you got it on Disney Plus, you're watching it again for free. You're not paying to go back to the movies again. You're not paying for it on demand. You're also not buying the physical copy, which, again, that's a dying medium. But a lot of people still buy DVDs and Blu-ray. But it's like you're not you don't have that anymore. And also you have password sharing. So people are going to be like, hey, Bill, can I have your Disney Plus password so I can watch Jungle Cruise? Like and he said, of course not. Disney's listening right now. Exactly. They're our sponsor. I would never do that. <laughs> Uh, but you know what I mean? It's so you're missing out on that. And like HBO, I get what they're trying to do is they're also trying to generate viewership to HBO Max, which is huge. Yeah. They that's that's the future for them. So it's like, OK, we'll take the loss at the theater because there might not be theaters. And let's face it, not every theater is open around the country. I don't think at full capacity. Um, it might be. I could be wrong. But how many people are how many theaters are being filled up? I mean, you've been to the theaters to see films. I saw one, and that was early on, and it was you still had to wear masks, and there was very few people, and it was a kids' movie, so like bad indicator. But you've seen a mate, didn't you see Fast Nine in the theater? I did. I saw F Nine, and I want. Oh, I didn't see Black Widow. No, I saw F Nine. That's crazy. It's still weird to me that I didn't see a Marvel movie in theaters. Yeah, so strange. But that's what I mean. So it's like. That was more a timing thing than anything else. But it, being a parent is rough. Yes, yes, I know. Uh, it doesn't get easier. I know. Uh, but I feel it, that. Yes, you do. Uh, but yeah, so that's the thing. Is just like I just this whole experiment is like I don't have we do they do they stop this like when it, hopefully you know we get everything under control. Yeah. Do you think Disney walks? I didn't because I don't think they will. Do you think they walk back Premier Access? No. no, they like I said, like HBO Max did the pivot. Like we are sitting on top of 12 plus movies that have been that are done, that are done, or people are working on now to finish. We're sitting on this content. When everything goes back to normal, we are gonna be we're gonna have to be releasing twice as many movies that year. And we have no money to do that because the amount of money that has to go into marketing, there's probably no dates available. Like it made so much sense to release it now, the year that it's supposed to come out for free, free for a, a, a subscription to HBO max. So they figured, well, someone's paying 15 bucks to watch this. Right. Yeah. And you're, but it's also for a limited time. Because even if you watch it for free, it goes away after a certain time. Yeah. So, so like in the Heights came out, you can't watch in the Heights anymore because it's now gone from HBO Max. And I hadn't watched it. And now neither did I. So now it's like screwed. Now I got to pay for it. Now I got to pay on demand for it. So that's the thing with Disney Plus that Premier Access is like, yeah, you're paying 30 bucks to see it. But now I can watch it as much as I want. And there's yeah. no, there's no, there's no, no return gate for Disney. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just feel that Disney is already thinking ahead where, where the world's going to be post pandemic. Right. So we're still living in a pandemic world. Uh, cases are going up as we mentioned variants, like we're not out of the woods yet. We're probably not even halfway. We're not even like looking at the exit, which is not great. So Disney's already thinking, well, 
theaters are going to remain open for now. We are going to make money every way we can, whether it's charging people $30 to see this movie or uh, introducing new pass types to Disney World, to Disneyland, or having like a $5,000 ticket to Star Wars, the full experience. I want to go insane. I want to go in so bad, but yeah, I also want to get like a press pass to it. Be like trying. To- oh, we should totally do that. Let's. Ooh, can we plan our vacation? Yeah, let's we're do gonna, that. Let's talk. We'll talk about this later. We'll talk about okay. this later. We're definitely. No, gonna, we will great podcast idea. live from the Galaxy Cruiser if it happens. Yes. Even done. if we stop doing this podcast, even if Pop Break ceases to ceases to exist, we will do a live podcast just for this. Absolutely right, for sure. Um, yeah, I can see what you're saying. Like, yeah. If, because that's the thing. It's like, like I, a lot of people are saying, well, we can't go into another lockdown, but who's saying we can't? Like, I mean, like it could happen again. Yeah. So, yeah, so if, Disney, even if we do the limited capacity, like people, yeah. like if you're not vaccinated, you can't come in. Well, they got, they're going to want to watch a movie. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a weird, it's very weird. So I, like, I enjoyed watching Jungle Cruise on my TV. Cause I'm just like, instead of finding a movie time, I watched it on a Sunday night with my family and mm-hmm. had a beverage. It was great. I watched Space Jam the day before and I got. Is it worth watching? Should I watch Jungle Cruise? I know this isn't the. We're going to get into that my recommendation. Oh, shit. All right, great. Oh. Yeah. Guess you're recommending um, it. Well, yeah, I, I totally am. Uh, but yeah, I saw Space Jam and I'm glad I didn't spend the money on Space Jam. <laughs> I still didn't watch that either. It's. I didn't see the first one, so I don't I've know. been watching. Uh, I'll, you know what? I'll save it for my recommendations. Yeah. It's a very random show. You're watching the Jellystone reboot. Um, is it even a? Is it a reboot? Was Jellystone a thing? Well, it was Yogi Bear. Oh yeah, Jellystone National Park. Yeah. That makes sense. But so yeah, it's 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 a weird thing. Like I, I feel like there's movie. I want to go to the movies. I want to see stuff, but I'm also like very concerned. So I'm like at this time, I'll just, you know, I'll just I'll just hang out. Like our our friend of the show kelly mcgovern she just saw green knight i really desperately want to see green knight but it's not streaming anywhere so i'm like do i go to the movies to see it i don't know but i'll catch it eventually but it's it's we're living in a we're still in a very tenuous time so i don't from my opinion i don't know if we could really count movies as flops or not at this yeah sorry i knew that was your original question it's like no i I forgot about it yeah but but because like remember you said fast nine is going to be like the biggest movie we both said fast nine and black widow are going to just be the big movies it's going to be ungodly box office and it wasn't was f9 not it's already on demand (laughs) well it's free money why not release it early it wasn't i think we were both like i think we were i at least was thinking like pre-pandemic numbers for that like Oh yeah, but again, people are just so. It's it's not over. Oh, it's not not here. So it's bad. Uh, I mean, I think, I I think every movie that is going to come out this year that was made for two hundred million dollars is a flop. Yeah, in the box office, but they'll make their money back, whether that's subscriptions or premiere access or on demand or physical copies or whatever. Um, I think that's the only way they'll break even in some capacity. If the movie was made last year or two years ago or whatever, and finally coming out now, I don't think until everything's back to normal, anything will be considered like a insane success. 
Yeah, and, and I think that ones that I think you would consider a flop would be if like there are certain movies that are like it's just going to be theater only, and if things ramp up, it's like yeah, you're screwed. Mm-hmm. So, are you have a bet on a game right now? No, no. I was uh, checking my messages. I was just like, oh, Alice, Alice it's football season, so Alice going to start. No, gambling. oh, not. I mean, I will, but not yet. Not yet. You can't gamble on preseason. It's so bad. I can't even watch preseason for the most part. It's the worst. It's really also, not good. Also the best at the same time. It's just like, I just know fall's coming because I'm a big fall person. So I'm like, I'm very ready for summer to be over. Yeah, I'm not. I like I summer. You're a, you're a beach boy. Yeah, I haven't gone in a little bit. I'm a little upset. So that's like three days. I am. No, it's actually been a while. But I, oh, I, I didn't tell you what I'm doing this week. I'm going to Hershey. Oh, nice. Parker's, Parker's first trip to Hershey Park. Um, technically my, my last time I've gone was like 20 years ago. Same. I think I was 11 or 12. Well, yeah. Yep. Same, same here. So, um, excited for that. And also my favorite brewery is right next door. Trogues. Can't wait. Supposed to say Yingling? No, no. And that's not even, no, God, no. Oh uh, yeah. I don't Depends on me. Uh, oh, I've, uh, there's an, a pro wrestler just opened a brewery out there too. I'm going to have to recommend it to you. See if it's any good. Um, so let's get into our uh, let's get into our next segment. Uh, that was seriously what the fuck. That was our first segment. I didn't even love it. Love it. Uh, I'm a little. I'm rusty. Uh, I'm also severely injured, <laughs> so I'm barely doing this podcast without screaming. R.I.P. Oh, I am so dead. Um, we're going to talk about two trailers uh, for a combination of a slice of fried gold and uh, man, what was the other one? Slice of fried gold and. Uh, um, it was like, yeah, it's like, so I want to say the silver lining. No, no. Oh, slice of fried gold. What is the segments to our own podcast? Well, we haven't, Great done, them in, we haven't done them in so long. I we know. Were, well, we were going to combine those two because they were essentially the same thing. Yeah. Anyway, so this is a slice of fried gold and that other segment. Uh, so we're going to talk about two trailers. First one, I, I was going to surprise Al with this, but he thought we were going to talk about it anyway. It is the brand new trailer that dropped today for Why the Last Man. It's the letter Y, not a question, Why the Last Man. Why the Last Man, based on a graphic novel. It's coming to FX on Hulu, and correct me if I'm wrong, Al, September of 2021. Correct. This has been a long-delayed project. I mean, very long. This was supposed to, oh gosh, I feel like it was supposed to come out 20 years ago. Uh, it was supposed to be on FX originally. They had. A can, whole- I, can, I age, can I age it real quick? Oh, ages. This so this was supposed to be cheddar. at one point. This was going to be a movie directed by DJ Caruso and starring Shia LaBeouf. Oh wow, those are two names you haven't heard together in a while. That you haven't heard together in a while, and also Eagle Eye, baby. Oh, that's what he directed. I saw that in the theater for free, but uh, I like that movie. It was okay. I don't know why. It was, it was fine. I didn't say it was great. It was, it was fun. Uh, yeah. So Why the Last Man is a, it was a comic book series, a 60 issue comic book series. Uh, you can also say it was a graphic novel, but definitely a comic book series written by Brian K. Vaughn with art from Pia Guerrera and phenomenal covers by J.G. Jones. Um, such an epic story, over 60 issues. Um, as you can tell from the trailer, um, it is basically it's a sci-fi series that explores a world where basically every man with a, uh, every person with a Y chromosome 
any anything with a Y chromosome um, just suddenly drops dead. And it's a world basically uh, run by women, except for one man, uh, a 20 something year old named Yorick Brown and his pet monkey ampersand. Um, Yorick is also an amateur, amateur illusionist. Um, so um so fucking excited as you can tell it is the book the comic series that i recommend to everyone and anyone um i love 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 the show uh sorry this this series and i can't wait for the show um i as, as as i said online all day if you follow me online i have been waiting for this show for 15 years and so didn't, excited. didn't it the whole cast got re uh, got recast there's new show runners. oh for sure yeah it was in development hell it's been in development hell for a, a hot minute and uh it got it was it was announced basically at some point because it was it was optioned so long as a movie the the rights reverted back basically back to the creators and that's why Brian K. Vaughn is uh, a producer on the show. 2007, the film rights to the series was acquired by New Line Cinema. Yeah. Yeah. So the rights reverted back to the creators. The creators optioned it to FX to make it a series, which is a way better idea because it is a very long. And when I say long, I mean just the, the story within it. It's only 60 issues. It would not take you long to read it. It's a very great read. Um but it's a very sprawling story, um, basically about the last man on earth. I'm so excited. The only thing I will say, Bill, the only thing I didn't like about the trailer was Yorick Brown. I, I don't know this guy. And it's not that I, I, I mean, he's, he's an unknown to me. Um, do you know who he was supposed to be, by the way, or who was supposed to play him? Uh, no. Um, it was the main, the one of the, the main kid um from dunkirk oh that's who they're listing it as still it's not him hold on they, he was recasted yeah barry keown uh yep he was uh he had to drop out uh ben schnetzer uh that is who's playing york now let me see what he's he was in one episode of law and order uh, he was in a show called Happy Town, which was on a- ABC. Uh, he was in the Warcraft movie, so I know how many people saw that one. Yeah, he's been in stuff, but nothing that's just like, oh man, yeah, that's definitely where I know that guy from. The most he's ever been is a, a show called The Truth About the Harry Kubert Affair, and that was on Epics, a show, a channel everyone, a lot of people have, but no one watches. That's a that's a good slogan for them i mean it's essentially what it is a lot of people a channel that a lot of people have but don't know it yeah yeah it's just yeah there's there's he's a relative unknown and uh, the other the other members of the cast uh imogene poots is in it uh diane lane who plays the um president essentially mm-hmm. um, um, uh, um the the name you said before that's not the girl i'm thinking of there's uh, the girl from Dread is in it. You see Dread with Carl Urban? No, and I need to. You really do. I really do because I saw the first Judge Dread in theaters. It is not a good movie. Uh, yeah, I don't know what you mean, but yeah, it's that's the thing. It's like they are it. it 
it's a very it reminds me a little bit in tonally in the trailer and it, i don't think the series is like remember the strain uh so it reminds me of the strain and the reason i remember the strain is because I, and I, my facebook memories was pictures from San, the first san diego comic-con we ever went to there was a picture of the strain like it was like a big poster on the side of a building where it was almost looked like the statue of liberty was like turned into a, a zombie type deal yeah but yeah, it definitely has that post-apocalyptic strain type thing, which is a kind of a forgotten FX show. I mean, that was a big deal when it came out at first, then kind mm-hmm. of, uh, kind of you know, um, faded away, you know, uh, burned out, I should say. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm very excited for the show, mostly because you keep talking about it constantly. Um, I can't stop talking about it. I. But what? So why does? Why is it? the book so good what is the why is the source material so good now i i know you're talked about the artwork that's going to be hard to recreate mm-hmm. um and if people know who brian k vaughn is he did a lot of stuff on lost yeah uh he did a, a comic book series that's very popular called paper girls uh, and saga and saga which is huge yeah, i remember that. huge saga is like the the I, in terms of like hasn't been adapted I don't know if there's any other equivalent of like the, some of the most hyped things like it's a game of Thrones level hit. If it's done like, right. Yeah. It, it is. It's it's, a, like, it's almost unadapted. Like they always said Dune was unadaptable. It's not that it's unadaptable. It's it's when it's adapted. Cause it will be, okay. it will be the biggest flop or the biggest success of all time in terms of uh, like comic book adaptations. Like I'm swinging for the fences here. Like it is one of the most beloved series. So that's saga. Brian K. Vaughn's a goddamn genius. He's written for all the major publishers. Um, But why the last man was the, you know, this, this vertigo title, which is a DC DC owns vertigo. Vertigo is like their offshoot. That's where, um, you know, Sandman and all those great stories came from. What he is. So his world building is phenomenal. So, you know, even within a, a real story, you know, this takes place in the U S and New York and all these places, but like just the way that he makes these characters that you, care about and then when he takes them away from you you get fucking pissed and it's very like i said he's a very george rr martin in that aspect like he will make you fall in love with people um i don't know i can't explain it i just loved this was like this this story hit me at the right time like i wasn't a 20 something year old when i was reading this but it was some like this was the the comic that like got me super into comic books um and it's a story that i knew that oh man, I would love to see this as a movie one day. That's what everyone thought would be a movie. Like, I don't know. I just, I, I can't explain it any other way. It's, I just hope they they do it properly. And and since he's involved, I think that's not going to be an issue. And I know they're going to update it for this time. Like, like I said, this was early 2000s that this was written. So, you know, it, it's, so reading some of it is a little like, this is dated. This is this this way of thinking is dated. So it's going to be strange to see what. Not strange, but it's going to be great. I'm very excited about the changes that I make for today's society. My concern with this, like I, I'm very excited to watch it because it, I like the trailer a lot. Is 
TV and post-apocalyptic fare um, don't always match. I mean, or either drags out or just doesn't hit properly. We've seen so many post-apocalyptic shows. There was that, what was that one on NBC? I want to say it was called Revolution. I think it was a Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like they didn't have power. John Favreau, right? Wasn't he part of that? I think he was. And like that didn't do great. You know, we've seen other ones. Um, there was one that was like an av- like an avatar esque one that was on Fox with Stephen Lang. Like they sometimes just don't work. And we've seen what has happened with like, you know, it does work sometimes that you look at the walking dead and then you also look at the walking dead. Yep. So, you know, that's, that's the issue I have with that. So I'm, I'm going in and I'm hoping for the best with this one because it does look good. It's funny that you say that too, like that. It's a, like a, an apocalyptic show. It isn't. But that's the trailer. So for some reason, the book, the trailer really hammers that point home. The trailer really hammers the premise home. But if I were to tell you that, if I were to tell you, that, if I were to tell you that the trailer is made up of mostly the first issue, you'd be like, "That makes sense. That's cool." So, yeah. yeah. All right. I mean, that okay. I'm so I guess I'm pumped, man. I can't. No, I can't I'm, I'm, I'm so I can't. We should do press this enough. We should just, I mean, September is open. Maybe we should just do a Why the Last Man episode. As Al takes a huge gulp of water. I would be so down for that. So speaking of another adaptation, let's just say, um, of a beloved project or love source material, uh, last week we had a Ghostbusters trailer. Uh, And I always forget the uh, tag. Was it Ghostbusters Afterlife? Afterlife, yeah, Afterlife. So this, um, I believe, was was this supposed to come out last year? Or was this always slated for twenty twenty one? That is a good question that I do not know the answers to. It's, I just know that essentially this is uh, this is taking um, it's set thirty years after the events of the second film. Correct. A single mother and her two children move move to a small town in Oklahoma where they discover their connection to the original Ghostbusters and their grandfather's legacy. It's no, I mean, they pretty much say who the grandfather is in the trailer. So that it's, it's, Egon. Yeah. it's Egon. Um, it's got a, it's got a pretty great cast. You've got Carrie Coon playing the mom, McKenna Grace, uh, and Finn Wolfhard as the brother and sister. You've got Paul Rudd as Mr. Gruberson. Uh, and then. Uh, I'll watch anything Paul Rudd's in. Well, Yeah. You've seen the meme going around about Paul Rudd, right? He's like the same age as Wilford Brimley in Cocoon, and he's like, yeah, he, eighty. The Wilford Brimley scale. Yeah, and it, so, yeah, this is going to be coming out November eleventh. This is uh, written, uh, co-written, and directed by Jason Reitman, son of Ivan Reitman, who directed and co-wrote the first film. Um, and the trailer was. Let's just say the trailer was not exactly what I thought it was going to be. Uh, and to answer my um, earlier question, uh, it was delayed three times. It was supposed to originally be in, have been released in July 2020. And instead, in summer of 2020, I believe we got the reveal of Ecto-1 um, in a garage. Um, let me just read the plot for you real quick. Um, oh, I already did that. Never mind apologize for that so for me it's very interesting that this is tied to ghostbusters because the first clip we saw outside of that ecto-1 reveal 
was the Paul Rudd uh, mini Stay Puffed uh, scene that w- that was just delightful, uh, where Paul Rudd is in a supermarket and all of a sudden these little Stay Puffs start popping out. And they're they're roasting each other and uh, doing all sorts of stuff and eventually try and go after Paul Rudd. And it's pretty funny, but. This one definitely had a different tone to me, kind of felt like a bit of a Stranger Things tone where everything was very serious and very straightforward and playing more into the horror aspects uh, or the supernatural aspects of Ghostbusters, uh, then eventually revealing the tie to Egon. And then we end the trailer with um, a call being placed to someone who you can only assume or maybe wrongly assume that that person is Dan Aykroyd uh, in his shop and raise, you know, raise a cult essentially. So what I was saying is uh, this came off a lot more serious than I think a lot of people were expecting. Yeah. I saw people complaining about that on Twitter. Like Ghostbusters was a comedy. Like what are we, what, what is this? Cause this is a sequel. Like this isn't a, a, a reboot you know we we literally got a reboot of this a few years back with, 2016 um, by the way this was supposed to come out last year yeah um which was uh was it uh ghostbusters answer the call i think is what the directed dvd version of it was called that's uh, the one with melissa mccarthy melissa mccarthy and Kristen wig and Kate jones chris hemsworth is a solid cast and the movie has its moments but it's you know movie it's not with people the movie actually if you watch the movie on cable if you watch on like fx they add yeah. in a bunch of scenes it's the director's cut yeah they added a bunch of scenes that really flesh out the relationship between wig and mccarthy and the movie's so much better yeah and it, 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 i got a bad rep like from the get people just were not all about a, an all-female ghostbusters because people are sexist dummies but it's like grow up boys yeah seriously and, so, if you, and it also the uh, the other end of the spectrum was if you didn't laugh hysterically at the trailer you were a sexist pig and i was like it yeah. wasn't the best trailer so but it's a movie that's grown i mean i like it um but just, i just i just think the trailer for this was pretty like yeah without laughter and stuff but i think it did a great job of being like let's get you hyped for this movie because this is Jason Reitman after all, who's like known for like dark comedies. Like that is like his bread and butter. He's, it all he it does reminded be... me of stranger things in some respects. Like it was, Oh yeah. It, I mean, adding it, Finn Wolfhard it, and just the just general aesthetic of it, it did look like it, but like Jason Reitman is like, thank you for smoking and young adult and Juno. Like these are funny fucking movies. Like these are good movies. Just Very, watched Juno again last night. It's hilarious. It's a great movie. Um, and but you know it's also dark, and he's he's known for like dark comedies, darker comedies. Um, I think you know who who better to direct a Ghostbusters sequel than I don't know the son of the director of Ghostbusters or writer? Wait, wait, writer or director? Right, both. He did both. Both. Sorry, I'm thinking Landis was involved for some reason. Just kind of feels like it. Anyway, um. I, I just like it looks so much it looks so cool. Does it look fun? We'll have to wait and see, but I, I think well, so his track I, record. So the fun came in, remember we had a few months ago, we had the Paul Rudd stay puffed scene. You see like a glimpse of that in the new trailer too. Yeah, but they don't go as funny as they did. Like they no. I think people are forgetting that. I, I think yeah. you're totally right. 
yeah, like where Paul Rudd is confronted by them and he's like, they're like roasting each other alive and stuff mm. like that. It's very, a little bit of a macabre, but cute scene. Um, did this accomplish for you what this, what all trailers should do is want to put your butt in a seat? Yeah. Paul, Paul Rudd and Ghostbusters, like I'm, I'm in. And also Finn Wolfhard, like that, that's a great cast overall. I mean, um, it just and the, looks and the cool. rumor is that they're all supposed to. Well, Annie Potts, we also see her in the trailer. Yeah, so, and we see, um, and we hear Ackroyd, right? Well, that's what I was saying. You're assuming it's not explicitly clear, but like you're assuming it's Ackroyd. That yeah. a cold shot. And we know Murray's in it, right? Well, I mean, the, the rumor is they're all supposed to be attached to it. Like, Scorny well, he's confirmed in it. Like, I think he's talked about being in yeah. it. I don't yeah. think there's any like surprises. It's just like no, I know, when but, and why. Yeah, it, but I th- it's it's going to be interesting because I don't think I, I I don't think you can give too much away with these trailers because if you give no. away the originals in a trailer, why go see it? Why are people going to want to see? Although it's the yeah. nostalgia factor that is so tied to Ghostbusters that people. I still think to this day, if Marvel had kept Spider-Man's appearance in Civil War secret it would have been the greatest surprise in like cinema history oh absolutely would have it would have been sick it would have been really cool um yeah no i'm pumped like i'm i'm in i it's it's not hard for, to get me into the theater outside of my child's schedule um and absence of babysitters but that being said i'm seeing this movie so the big question here is with this ghostbusters movie is who's we were just talking about all of this. It's Sony is releasing this. If we get to the point of what we were just talking about with streaming mm-hmm. and all this stuff, where does this go? They'll push it. They'll push it to push three times. They'll push it again. They'll push it. I mean, how many times has Bond pushed? Yeah, three or four. Yeah. So you know, I mean, like this is a huge, a huge gamble for them. Like huge gamble for them. What if it just went right to what happens if they release a VOD that day? Yeah, I think it would make it, a can, lot, it would make a lot of money, especially around November. I gotta pause this. So Daddy too loud. I'm too loud. All right, I'm gonna go put him to bed again. All right, so I'm just gonna vamp a little bit. Vamp. Yep. So yeah, so Ghostbusters, yeah, it, it's going to come out as Al goes to put his his beautiful baby boy to sleep. Uh, yeah, Ghostbusters, I, I I'm definitely intrigued by this one, especially since it doesn't look just like a like the one problem the 2016 one had was that it tried too hard to just be a reboot of Ghostbusters. It wasn't its own thing at times when it re- really could have been given how great that cast was is still. Um, so yeah, Al and I are both in on Ghostbusters. Again, we have to wait and see what's going to happen with the release date because, you know, the variant and everything going on. So we'll see how that goes. Um, uh, A glimmer of hope, by the way, for all those who are wondering, that was the final uh, that was the final trail segment we usually ran. And it is some random cartoon where the guy go a glimmer of hope. So that's that. Uh, if anyone was wondering what that was going to be. So, uh, like I said, uh, I'm going to do some plugs right now while I was away. Just, you know, a little, just give us a little time to catch up. If you're listening to this on Spotify, uh, Anchor, 
Google or Apple Podcasts, uh, give us a good, you know, subscribe to us, follow us. Uh, if you're on Apple, give us a good rating. Give us a five-star rating. We'd love to do that. Help us get up those charts. Not that I check them, but like, you know, help us get some more listens on here. Um, but, you know, check out every single day. Check out thepopbreak.com. It's the site I've been running for since 2009. Uh, end of September will be our anniversary. So I'm very stoked for that. And, um, yeah, we're talking about movies, TV, music, comic books, anime, pro wrestling, digital trends. We got all that going on every single day. Follow us on Twitter at the pop break. Um, we are forward slash pop break.com all spelled out on Facebook uh, and our Instagram. We are going to be populating that again. We're going to have some concert photos and stuff coming up. We just, Al just shot rise against descendants. Um, uh, one of our favorite people, Kathy Poulton, she just shot Lindsay Sterling in Philadelphia. And, and before that, we had uh, our boy Matt Heasley shot Warren Haynes of Government Mule uh, in a tent in, on a golf course in the middle of a heat wave in Eatontown, New Jersey. Yeah, very, very random, but very cool as well. And, um, we're going to have a whole bunch of other stuff, hopefully some festivals, you know, and we're trying to keep all our gangs safe and everyone just staying outdoors for right now and just being healthy. So we're going to be doing that. Uh, of course, besides socially distanced, we have a whole network of podcasts. Uh, check out Pop Break TV, which you could find on Anchor, Google, Apple, uh, Spotify. Uh, you can find them all there. We have weekly shows. We have Roses and Rejections hosted by DJ Chapman and his wife, Michelle Chapman. They uh, talk about The Bachelor and The Bachelorette and all sorts of reality shows. DJ and Michelle were on our uh, Loki podcast. Uh, we've also got Blurred Watchers, which was Courtney and Marshall who were on the Loki, uh, one of the Loki episodes. And, you know, they're out once a month, Live, Laugh, and Lovey. Um, they're going to there are weekly podcasts we have that releases every Monday. Uh, we also have goodbye to all of that hosted by Michael T for the third, which looks back at season and series finales. Uh, and then we also have the anniversary brothers, uh, both film and TV Well, their, their TV. It's Josh and Aaron Sarnecki. They do. Uh, they look back at anniversaries of TV shows. And of course I'm part of the TV break podcast, which uh, comes out once a month. Uh, and I just did one that came out earlier this week. We reviewed Masters of the Universe produced by Kevin Smith. Uh, we also uh, talked about the Emmys and we talked about the streaming wars like we always do. And, you know, we talked about our favorite shows. Mine this month was uh, Monsters at Work um, and also Behind the Attraction, which was uh, both on Disney Plus because apparently Disney Plus is a sponsor of this podcast. It's really not, but you know what I mean. We also have two Oscar podcasts. We have And the Winner Still Is, which is our retro Oscar podcast hosted by Marissa Carpico, our Rotten Tomato certified film editor, and our one of our favorite people, Matt Taylor. He uh, and her, these two are talking about... Um, Oscars throughout the years, you know, if they, who they think should have won and shouldn't have won, uh, as well as the cultural context of the Oscars at that year. Uh, they also host the way too early Oscar podcast. I came up with that ridiculous name and that is uh, a sporadic podcast that comes out throughout the year where film, they talk about certain films that come out at film festivals. Sometimes there's a film that comes out that has great Oscar buzz or big Oscar buzz, I should say, and they're talking about it. So that's also on all those podcast platforms. And then we have our big hub, which is called The Breakcast. And we're talking uh, about anime. We're talking music. Uh, we're talking The Coda, which is a great uh, um, 
show hosted by Luke Martin, which comes out once a month. I do a monthly podcast um, called um, uh, This Wrestling Life, a podcast, which I'm a little behind on. It's a monthly wrestling podcast on celebrating fandom, as well as uh, championing unheralded wrestlers. Uh, we did one. I did a solo podcast where I talked about Two Cold Scorpio. No, Jerry Lynn. And I brought my boy Kenny Pete on when he talked about Two Cold Scorpio. You can find it all there. Um so that is everything you can find out about that. If you need to follow me, I'm at Bodkin Writes, W-R-I-T-E-S on Twitter, or mostly just retweeting Pop Break stuff. Uh, recently, I have a review. Well, tomorrow I'll have a review, or today, sorry, I have a review of Monsters at Work. I also did Behind the Attraction, so the two things I already talked about. Um, we have an interview with Cody Rhodes from All Elite Wrestling that's up from Kimmy Sokol. Um, we have a whole bunch of reviews. We have a Jungle Cruise review coming up. We have Jolt, the new Kate Beckinsale movie. And, of course, Al's terrific photos of uh, Rise Against at Stone Pony Summer Stage with a review written by Ryan DeMarco. So that's what's going on there. We're going to, now that we got through our Glimmer of Hope slash Slice of Fried Gold mashup, let's get into the final segment of the podcast, which is our recommendations. Um, Al, do you want to go first? Yes. So I have a few. Um, Dave season two on FX or FX on Hulu. Um, you know, definitely not the sophomore slump, uh, super surprising, super crazy. Uh, just what I expected from Dave um, and little Dickie. It's a great show. I've been watching Lego masters. So much fun. Great show. Um, um, I caught, I blew through season one. I'm now in season two. Um, and now I'm caught up with the new episodes. If you don't, if you're unaware, it's a Lego competition show hosted by Will Arnett. Will Arnett. Thank you. Sorry. Um, so much fun. Great, great show. And of course, as always, holy fucking moly, the best show on TV, Whatever. which is a, a competitive uh, mini golf competition series produced by Steph Curry. Great show. It's the best show ever. Those are them. Those are my recommendations. I, uh, on vacation, uh, we didn't have really TV. Everything was just Roku. Roku. So uh, my brother-in-law just decided he was going to watch a ton of It's Always Sunny. So I caught up with a lot of episodes I haven't seen, including the Water Park episode, um, Hero or Hate Crime. Uh, <laughs> that one, holy shit. The one where they go back to the prom. Um, uh, wait, did you watch um, the did you watch when they episode? Did you, did you see the musical episode? Did not see the musical episode, oh, but I know enough about it. Um, uh, the pyramid scheme one, the bathroom episode, which I've seen a few times, where Charlie has to dress up as he can only put on a dress to go poop. Um, yeah, so that's a that was an interesting show. Um, Al, did you watch Behind the Attraction yet? No, I'm so ex- I need to watch it. I actually uh, told uh, that first that first episode is not great. No. So what it is is basically what, ha- but it gets better. But it's Paget Brewster is you know Della Duck is as narrating, and what they try and do is they try and make it like part Imagineering story, which mm-hmm. is great, and then part like America's dumbest people type deal with like sight gags and dad jokes because it was also produced by Brian Volkweiss who did the Toys That Made Us, and oh. it's going to be kind of zany and it, they do it during the Jungle Cruise, but that makes sense because Jungle Cruise is all about puns and stuff. It gets better with like Haunted Mansion and Star Tours. They, uh, oh, sorry. And I was going to say that they they also have a, the movies that made us by the same guy. Same guy. Yeah. yeah. 
so they tried like they try to be super funny but it, it works and it doesn't but it's very informative it's like a really good docuseries when they're not just doing bad dad jokes um but the movie i'm going to recommend is i've seen a few i saw black widow i saw space jam but I also saw the Jungle Cruise, and my God, this movie was created ex- explicitly for me. It is a Al. Did you like the Mummy with Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weisz? I don't think I've ever seen the Mummy. My wife loves the Mummy. Then your wife will fucking love Jungle Cruise because it is the same type oh, of maybe. No, it is a it's a period action PG action film with like like okay, did you see Pirates of the Caribbean? Yeah. I heard it's like it's like uh, Indiana Jones and uh, Pirates of the Caribbean had a baby. Yes, essentially that is exactly what it is. But like the good Indiana Jones and not like number four because that's garbage. I watched that again recently. Or two, fight me. Two sucks. Two's not good. But four is worse. Uh, four is uh, infinitely worse. But it, so it's a very it like for a movie adapted from a ride. It's really fun. The Rock, surprise to no one, charming as hell. Uh, and uh, Emily Blunt, also charming as hell. I love her. Um, she's great. Jack Whitehall is a British comedian. He plays her brother. Um, it's just a super fun action movie. It's an uh, adventure movie that doesn't take itself too seriously. It gets a little, it unwinds a little bit in the third act, but it's whatever. The visuals are super cool. Again, it's just big and fun. It is the stuff that summer movies are made of. Go watch it. I know it's $30 on Disney Plus, but if you were thinking about going to see this movie anyway, in theaters, get it on Disney Plus or go see it in theaters safely. It's just a delight. I will I will watch this again a number of times. It's like the production value on it is really good. The effects are good. It's just like a good action romp. And Al, watch The Mummy. It's super fun. All right. I have one more recommendation. I have one more recommendation for you. I probably have like six more. I just forgot. I know. It's been a while. I, I, it's, I'm like, it's going to be Boilermaker by Royal Blood because I've recommended like seven times. Um, <laughs> no, I do, I do have one more. So it's another thing that you can watch right now streaming. It is Heist on Netflix. Is it so, Money Heist? No, not Money Heist. This is called Heist. It is a uh, six episode but three it's like three movies. It's three documentaries broken up into two episodes. So each two episodes is a, is a full documentary with a different director, different like writers or whatever, but they basically lumped it into this thing called heist. And it's all, it's about three different. Um, I think they're all U S based. Yeah. U S based heists, um, real stories, but dramatized in, in such a fun way um really really cool like each have their own director writer but it it follows like the same style uh with like dramatizations and recreations and like they basically cast the people um it's so cool because i love me and my wife are like on big like documentary kicks um she's more like the the murder documentaries just like how things happened kind of thing. Did she, so you listen to my favorite murder podcast. She doesn't, she's not a podcast listener, which is bothersome, right? Not because she doesn't listen to this. No one wants to hear this, but that there are so many like murder podcasts out there that she would probably adore like that. And she doesn't listen to any of them, uh, but she loves a murder doc and she loves just documentaries in general. Um, this is a lot of fun. Like the great thing about it too, is like, instead of watching like, you know, um, 
making a murderer where, where it's like you're following this one story for a whole season this is like two episodes at like 45 minutes each um it feels like you're watching like one full documentary about this one story and then episode three rolls around and you just start a whole new story so it's three stories six episodes so much fun great great stories and stuff i never knew happened like this like multi-million dollar uh bank uh not bank heist um vegas heist that happened in like the 90s and it was like a uh the prime spot suspect was like this random uh brinks driver who was like a 20 something like basically a model super interesting super cool definitely watch it if you get a chance there's two there's three docs i want to see on hbo max one is called 100 foot wave it's about big wave surfing which was very good uh the Woodstock 99 documentary. I want to watch it, but it also looks so depressing. I did watch that. It's not depressing. Definitely watch it. It's no, crazy. it's depressing because it's just like I'm just like how shitty it was. Um, oh, it's very depressing. And, um, and the last one, I still haven't watched Class Action Park yet. I, I really should, but I will one day. Two of the three I've seen, both great. Yeah, I mean, music, I don't, music I don't, box, by the way. So Woodstock '99 is not like a like a one-off. It's this whole okay. Bill Simmons, the guy who did The Ringer, yeah, has a deal with like HBO, blah blah blah. He has uh, this thing called Music Box, which is going to be like the umbrella for all of these HBO Max documentaries. He was so part Woodstock of the um, Andre the Giant documentary too. Yes, yeah. Excellent. If you haven't seen that, yeah, he's not he, a wrestling fan. Even my wife he started. Like he started Thirty for Thirty when he was with ESPN. Yeah, then he had. Um, yeah, his the ringer was we, we based a lot of this, the new design of the site on the ringer um okay. but yeah so that's but anyway music box i'm really excited about that because there's a whole uh alanis morissette documentary coming out there is uh there's a bunch of different ones that like seem really really cool really interesting um i think we're gonna get them all this year and then netflix has like a competing one that's not music but it's called untold and it's this documentary sports series so the first one's going to be about the 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 ron artest like big basketball basketball yeah dude i watched that happen live in a bar i couldn't believe it i was yeah i wasn't even drinking i was working and i just was watching it every there was at least 100 people in this bar and everyone stopped to watch this yeah it was unbelievable unbelievable yeah oh but we're also behind the music is going to be on paramount plus if it i think it might have already yeah i think that started already but again paramount plus is like I'm sure the pandemic was just like, let's do documentaries. It's so much easier. Though, it's so much easier for sure. Oh yeah. So that's going to wrap up this episode. I, I've not, I don't envy Lucas. Dad. Not even a little bit. Uh, but next week we're going to have the suicide squad cast, which is going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Al and I am sure are going to be talking a lot about it this weekend. We'll yeah. be, uh, we'll be gathering our own suicide squad, whomever that may be. If you're listening, yeah. which you're probably not knowing this, this shit. Um, Ryan's seeing it with me, so we can get Ryan. I don't want Ryan. He's, That's he's true. The least, he's the least He's the least liked person on Pop Break. Fair. In the world, I assume. Thank you for inviting me. Definitely. Me, Ryan. I really appreciate it. Um, I'll be there. Um, but yeah, so Al, I already plugged the shit out of everything. Where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter, at Al Manorino, and on Instagram, um, until I find a better platform to post photos, um, you can actually start seeing concert photography for me. You should see, uh, I don't want to give anything away, but this month should have one of our favorite bands, 
ever on the pop break. That's very vague. But yes, one of our favorite bands ever on the pop break. I will be shooting later this month, and then that will be featured on the site. You're shooting it for me, or are you shooting it for Yeah, for you. I said on the You have to tell me who it is, because I don't even know. Well, tell me off the the episode, but... Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Come on. It's a game. Did you already lock that down? No. Oh, oh, yeah, they'll let us do it. For sure. Uh, Yeah. All right, cool. So that that was like something everyone's like, what the fuck? Super inside baseball, right? It's very inside baseball. You know, sometimes you just got to be down with it. Um, That's your hint. Um, All right. So for Al Manorino, this is Bill Bodkin. Thanks for listening to our return to the old shit.